Welcome to our podcast, Bible Lessons for the Christian Life, hosted by TNW Ministries. In each episode, we will provide segments on practical life applications for followers of Christ through the in-depth study of the Bible. We appreciate you spending time with us today, and stay tuned after the lesson for more information on our ministry and how to contact us. Welcome back, friends and loved ones. Just want to let you know that we're going to continue on in James chapter 2, and I guess we'll call it Take Two. While we were on vacation, I went ahead and recorded James chapter 2 and decided instead of trying to edit it, to just scratch it and start all over. So, James chapter 2, Take Two. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth a gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? So this would be a good point in time to give you a little background about myself. I am what's considered a... Midwestern, redneck, hillbilly type, the get-or-done type. When I come up against a problem, I just do what I need to do to get it done and done right. I've rubbed elbows with the poor. I've rubbed elbows with the rich. I actually worked for a gentleman that was a self-made millionaire. He owned a liquid waste removal company, and his story to me was he literally started with a pickup truck, a tarp, and a shovel cleaning out septic tanks and he explained to me that it wasn't easy it was dirty and nasty work but it was work that no one else seemed to want to do and I see that a whole lot nowadays one of my first jobs I was a pump jockey I worked in a gas station and I enjoyed it because I actually got to meet people and I actually got to serve them and I didn't realize that at that time God was training me to be a servant and that I had to look upon people that were either poorer than me or richer and just treat them all the same. Because when you're a pump jockey, people are only into your station to get fuel and to have services rendered to them. Check the oil, check the air pressure in the tires, check the coolant. You actually become a servant. So I learned way back then, 30 plus years ago, to treat people as I wanted to be treated. You don't treat somebody better just because they pull in with a Lamborghini Diablo and then the next person in line you treat differently because they pull into into your gas station with a Ford Pinto. And then fast forward several years later, I'm working for a, at this point in time, he was a multimillionaire. And like I said earlier in the podcast, he was self-made. He wasn't any different than I was. And he just explained to me, he said, The money didn't go to my head. He said, everybody else treats me different because they consider me what the world calls rich. And he explained to me, he said, my coffin's going to be the same size as your coffin. He said, if either of us gets cut, we both bleed red. Made me actually stop and think how I treat people shows a lot about my character. And verse 4 just lays it out to us. Are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? When we start treating the rich better than we do the poor, we become judges. And then when we start becoming judges, that's when the evil thoughts step in. A little bit more background. 
I don't understand sometimes why God has me speak on these things, but I have been on both sides of the good and evil. I actually dated a Wiccan witch back when I was younger. Of course, back when I was young, I thought it was all fun and games until she decided that she wanted me to become her warlock, which meant that I actually had to totally denounce Jesus Christ and everything that he stands for, which is something that I was not willing to do at the time, which is a good thing. Thankfully, God's plan for me and my life was different than what this Wiccan witch wanted. I wound up running just as fast as I could to get away from all that. And of course, the enemy, he still follows you and tries to bring you back to his way. But by this time, I had already met my wife and put in motion God's plan for me. So all that said, when you start treating people different based upon what they look like, or the amount of, quote, worldly goods that they have, the evil thoughts start creeping in. And when those evil thoughts start creeping in, you have a tendency to become more evil. Here's something to think about. James chapter 2, verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you? and draw you before the judgment seats, there again, you're becoming judges of evil thoughts. You're letting the money go to your head, and you're not remembering that the poor people are richer to your faith than the rich people. Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Verse 8 references back to Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So what James is referencing here is the Ten Commandments found in Exodus chapter 20. If you don't commit adultery, but you turn around and kill someone, you've broken the entire law or the commandments. Exodus 20 verse 14 says, Thou shalt commit no adultery. 15. Thou shalt not steal. 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That's lying, and I see that a lot nowadays. People confess to be Christians, but then they go around lying on other people in order to make themselves look better. Verse 12. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Verse 14, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? It's getting ready to get rough here. Verse 15, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? So if somebody comes to you and they're cold and hungry and you don't give them anything, but yet, oh, I'll pray for you. 
You haven't done anything to help them. That's what that verse is saying right there. And it brings back a time my wife was driving back and forth to work. The town she worked in, they had a lot of panhandlers. We're people that God has to speak to us in order for us to actually help the panhandler. Because when I was working for the multimillionaire, we had a panhandler that I actually offered him a job. And he turned me down and told me, he said, why would I want to work? Because I can make more standing here on a corner making people feel bad than I could actually coming to work for you. And then I realized that he wasn't wrong, but what he was doing wasn't right either. So where my wife was working, panhandlers tended to stand at the end of the road that she works on. She pulled up there one day and it was a cold rainy day. And there was this young lady standing out there and God told her to give her a jacket because all she had on was a sweatshirt and of course it was wet and I had one of these it's a fleece zip-up hoodie brand new I hadn't even worn it it was sitting in the back of her car and of course she rolled down the window reached back grabbed the jacket and handed it out to the girl Wendy had explained to me the gratitude and the love actually showed on the girl's face that somebody took time out of their busy commute to actually care for her. And who's to say that that one act of kindness didn't turn that girl to the Lord? Verse 17, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So in this previous instance, Wendy could have rolled down the window and said, God loves you, and I'll pray for you and keep you in my prayers. But that wouldn't have done that young lady any good. Actually, in my mind, it probably wouldn't have done either of them any good. But by Wendy following what God said, she showed her works, which increased her faith. Because in that one act of kindness, it allowed God to open up her heart and instill in her a love for humanity that she didn't previously have. Verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? So I'm going to go to Genesis 22, verses 9 through 12. A little bit of a backstory. God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his one and only son that God promised him. And Abraham, being of good works, did exactly what God told him to do right down to leaving the wife, taking all the stuff to build an altar, the stuff to build a fire, to sacrifice Isaac. Genesis 22, 9, And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham! And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. So Abraham's works, by doing exactly what God told him to do, almost down to the letter, proved his faith. James 2.22 Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, 
and he was called the friend of God. I, for one, would love to be called a friend of God. Verse 24, Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only? Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? You can reference Rahab in Joshua chapter 2, but I'm going to give you the hillbilly version. So Joshua sent two people, or two spies, out to spy out the land in Jericho. They come into Rahab the harlot's house, and she actually hid them and helped them to spy out the land and get back out of Jericho so no harm befell them. And they assured her that when they come back to take over Jericho, that if she would let down the scarlet thread that she let them down by, that everyone that was in that household at that time would be spared. Her faith was proven by her works. Verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, if you made it this far in the podcast, I'm going to sum this up in a whole lot fewer words than what I used. Basically, what James 2 is telling us is to treat people as we want to be treated. Don't treat people any different because they're wealthy or they're poor. Because ultimately, we're going to be known as Christians by the works that we do. We can go around and say, well, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. But if you don't have any works to prove your faith, then the question is, do you really have faith in God? Until next time, take care and God bless. Thank you for joining us today. For more information on this or other podcasts or to access our written Bible study notes, please visit our website at www.tnwministries.com. You may also contact us via email at tnwministries at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless.